Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Epic Starfish. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? We are so excited to be coming at you today with a new episode. My name is Kyle Haywood, and I am joined tonight by my good friend, Logan Jones. Logan Jones, how are you, bro? Uh, I'm good. Uh, we're 10 games in. This is where some of the takes start to stick a little bit. You know, yeah. we, we're, we're going to stop covering everything under the umbrella of like, it's early. It's like, not that not early. Work. We're, we're, we're not that early it's anymore. It's getting pretty late for being early. So, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> it's late for that. early. <laughs> I'm excited to be back on the Twitch stream. Hello, Twitch fam. Thanks for, uh, your patience Absolutely. as we, as we've kind of waited to get back on here. We've got a show like schedule for the next month that I think is going to help us be both on Twitch and we're going to have more of those, uh, really awesome watch parties. Yes. You. We're so. planning on being on recording Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, so plan on that. Have that. That will be a soft schedule. Obviously, things can. We have the freedom to have some flexibility there with different, you know, developing stories. Or if we've got an interview, we've reached out to a couple teams about some interviews. We may be having some cool guest spots coming onto the show soon. Um, if that's the case, some of those days may be moved around. But go ahead and. St- Put on your schedule uh, a, a nice soft schedule here of Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, usually pretty late at night. We, you know, most of us have kids, and so we try to get the kids down and and then, uh, you know, hop on and record after that. So uh, usually between 8 and 9 uh, Mountain Standard Time is when you will hear from us uh, there on Twitch. And then, yeah, we're hoping once a week we can hop on and do those watch parties. Um, and they're so easy that, dude, I feel like that was such a, a fun... Yeah. Um, uh, that if, was insane. Let was, let's let's talk about that one. first. Yeah, yeah let's the, talk about that very first. The watch party allows for people to basically like... In in a way, you can like virtually like line up to come join us on stage. They call like the people that are on camera while we watch the game on the bigger screen, mm-hmm. um, like the stage. And we had like some longtime commenters, Twitter followers, people that get on the Twitch stream come and like actually talk to us like with their voices and like be on the show like oh. either, like a daytime sports radio show. And it gave me all kinds of good vibes because I've always wanted to be that radio show. And I know you, Kyle, too, <laughs> were like, you were pulling host duties most of that day. And like, like we asked, we were asked great questions. We asked great questions. It was really fun conversation. It was, uh, radio, I want to get it right, radio Rubio and Cam I Am. Mm-hmm. Um, those were our guests. So if, if you are in the watch party and you, you just send a little request, um, we'll, we'll have you join us on the show and, um, it's, I, I love the Twitch contributions as we're talking, like you get Q and a type stuff in there and you get little comments here and there and we usually call those out. Um, but it's very fun to give someone like two or three minutes to come on and like, tell us what they think of the show and what they think of like what Dallas is doing, what LA is doing, like give them a little bit of a, a soapbox. Yeah, that was actually a lot of fun to be able to hear some takes um, uh, and uh, a, a nice light roasting of one of I our hosts. I didn't care for that. <laughs> um, I I did tee up a couple of those. Uh, oh, that was it's, beautiful. It's my fault, but I'll just make sure that I pick Cam Iams teams to win uh, the rest of the year. 
<laughs> oh, I, I got you. <laughs> to, to get, okay, payback time. All right. Payback, <laughs> payback's coming because Logan's going to start picking those teams to win. Um, <laughs> yeah. So make sure you're hitting up. It's on getplayback.com and, uh, slash room slash WNBA nation. That's where you can find us. Go ahead and join our room there. It's a blast. It's so much fun. It really is. Um, fun. it's, it's honestly like the coolest platform that we've experienced I, as I like, it existed like, when I was in college. Like there's certain features that were like, Oh, like Twitch will be fun or, Oh, we'll do that. Like there's certain platforms and like, you know, we've uploaded to YouTube. We've got TikTok, We got, you know, we got all these different things that we've, that we've done. Nothing has from day one impressed me and made me more excited than this playback feature. Like, honestly, I, I think that if more people check it out, it's a must it's a must see. It's, yeah. it's absolutely, it feels like you're a virtual Buffalo wild week. If you do nothing all week, like in terms of like, if you're, if you're busy and you're like, I listen to the podcast when I can get to them, if I'm in the car, yeah. in the grocery store, exactly. if, if you want to join us for like one thing a week, um, make it like we, we try to make the playback game of the week. Like the one you're probably going to watch, like the big, the big marquee matchup. That yeah. way you're already watching the game. Join us for it. Be a part of the conversation. You can, uh, you can mess with the volume levels on your end so that you can either hear us a little bit or a lot and the game a little bit or a lot. I love that. Um, it's probably how we're going to do a lot of stuff in the future. Like our draft show is going to be like perfect for that. Um, I, I hope that we can do stuff like that in the future. Uh, yeah, the draft, I'm it's way stoked for a draft. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, like insanely excited for that part of things. Um, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, Logan, we're going to talk, uh, well, actually, yeah, let's hop right into our topic. Let's dive into, I think what is kind of panning out to be the story of this season is what's happening with first year head coaches. I think that at this point in the season, we could say that, uh, that's, that's kind of the developing ongoing story, right? Um, which there's several of them. Um, you know, just going right down the standings here, Las Vegas, obviously Becky Hammond in her first year is off to a nine and one start. Um, Tanisha Wright in Atlanta kind of turning that franchise around from going from what everybody predicted to be at their ceiling was an 11 seed. And they are tied for the third seed right now. Um, see, I, I guess Coach Quinn in Seattle isn't a first year. She she was coaching last year. Uh, but you go down to um, Phoenix, Vanessa Nygaard, and what's what's happening there in Phoenix, and Sandy Brondello in New York on kind of the other end of the spectrum from what we're seeing uh, in Las Vegas and Atlanta. So, Logan, as far as you're concerned, what is the biggest like headline for any one of these first year head coaches? Oof, I'm going to take the positive side of the stick and say that Becky Hammond starting out nine and one with a dominant offense and a team that looks not just ready for the playoffs, but ready for, I mean, I, I take them in a series against anyone or I don't think anyone's even pushing them to a five game series right now. So her immediately coming in and kind of being as advertised. I mean, we made a huge deal about that. Everyone made a huge deal about that when the hire happened 
And it, it kind of did have some questions of like, yeah, but the team is also changing. Like Coach Lambeard had a lot of success there. Like how much of a step up is it really going to be? And it turns out it's like, well, <laughs> Becky Hammond, you know, she had a crack at a couple NBA jobs in her time before, before coming out of the Aces and probably will again. So she's, she's one of the best in the biz. Um, and that's not to say, I, I don't want to turn this into a discussion of slighting Sandy Brondello. Um, and the New York Liberty, but we are going to talk the Liberty at some point here, maybe right now. And look, <laughs> she was in the finals last year. She's a professional basketball coach. She had a lot of success in Phoenix. Something about the Aces is just absolutely clicking on all cylinders right now. And the Liberty have like not left the garage. Like they are spilling oil all over the place and it's ugly and messy and. Like they, they managed to come back tonight, the night of this recording against the fever to basically avoid me coming on here and saying they're completely toast. So I'll <laughs> save that for another day, but their season is kind of hanging in the balance. Laney's out for eight weeks with a knee surgery. You know, Sabrina's playing well, but they're still, they're inconsistent on defense. Um, it's, Brondello's got her work cut out for her on, on that team, a team that we thought was going to be a pretty up and coming team that was going to be ahead of some of the other young groups in the league. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think the first of all, big headline is that Becky Hammond has come in and absolutely showed everybody why she was in such high demand and why I think from reports that we were hearing Phoenix was gunning hard and potentially that was the reason why Phoenix cut ties with Sandy Brondella was because they thought they were going to be able to try and snag uh, someone like either Becky Hammond or maybe uh, Teresa Witherspoon. Um, Love the one you're with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Phoenix. It's yeah. I mean, uh, hindsight right now. Well, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know what to say about that. Cause I feel, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm just going to be bouncing all over the place. So if Logan and I start going all over the place, Come along for the ride. Here's where my brain's going. Phoenix is going. We're going to cut ties with Sandy. She's going to head off, uh, do whatever she does. She gets picked up by New York. And so you could on uh, one of two ways to look at this if you're Phoenix. You could look at this if you're Phoenix and go, oof, man, we sure could use Sandy back because last year we were looking a lot better and we were, you know, made the finals and everything. Or you could look at it and go, oof, look what Sandy's doing in New York. <laughs> Let's look what's happening yeah. with the Liberty. I'm glad that we're not happening when that that's not happening to us. But jokes on you, Phoenix. It is happening to you. You're both two and seven and you've lost six straight. So I'm, I'm going to give an obligatory asterisk to Phoenix. Absolutely. Um, because, absolutely. Because of a lot of reasons. But They've I, got I a lot more going can, on than just yeah, a coaching change. I don't change. think it's fair 100%. to slam Coach Nygaard for all of the failures that are happening there early in the season. We're about a third of the way through the season so far. Phoenix doesn't look like they're going to be a playoff team. Obviously, the Brittany Griner situation hangs over their heads every moment of every day. It's it's a mental weight. It's a physical and it's and it should like it's. I'm not saying that it's like right. oh they need to get over it. Like no, that's that's their sister who's you know. She's been in prison for over a hundred days. Um, I, I still think there are valid criticisms to be made about Nygaard's experience and her inability to get that offense to be consistent. Um, and, and a team that should have two or three of the best players in the league only having two wins is a concern, but it can be, 
a mix, right? It can be the grinder situation and the coaching and the injuries and the schedule. And like, it just, a lot of things have lined up and this happens every year. One or two teams that were high up in the standings last year or that made it far in the playoffs always have these inexplicable things happen the following year. And we're like, Oh, there's going to be some room for other teams to move up because Phoenix is, you know, Minnesota, they're not doing well. That happens every year. It was, it was the mystics the last two years. And now look what the mystics are doing, right? Like sometimes the universe just conspires against you. It's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> so that might be the, the mercury this year. It is difficult for me to see them turning things around. Um, but I, again, I, I, I always want to caution like any, any criticism of Nygaard should keep in mind that she didn't just walk into a difficult situation, but like a completely ambiguous situation with, their star of the last decade and their best player last year. The key to last year's success, in my opinion. Oh, totally. Um, not only 100%. being gone in a basketball sense, but being gone in a very real physical sense. So, Yeah, 100%. Um, so, Becky Hammond giving uh, the Crushing. best... The, the best start to a season that any first-year head coach has Crushing. ever done in, in got a the WBA. Uh, differential across 10 games. They're, they're beating teams by double digits every game. Right. They are, they look fantastic. They, it's, it's just, they look unstoppable. Um, what would you say is Phoenix or not Phoenix, excuse me, Las Vegas Achilles heel. If you could identify one, I've um, got one in mind and I want, I want to know if it's the same as yours. My, my, my cop out answer is bench strength because mm-hmm. I think there's, you can always have a better bench, right? You can always have more depth. It's always enticing to see like, Oh, what are other teams doing? Uh, my, my go to is if you can go toe to toe with their starters and you're a deep team, like a fully healthy Connecticut or maybe even, maybe even the Washington Mystics this year, yeah. like you might be able to, to take a game off of them. Um, the other one is you, you got to be able to defend the rim. I know they're hitting threes this year. They're kind of spreading the ball around and, and taking more chances. But if you can defend the rim, defend the paint, uh, I, I think you give yourselves a 50-50 shot at taking them out. I like that. No, I, Which is better odds than most teams have. By the way. <laughs> I, I would agree with you. I think the bench is kind of the stark uh, contrast here. I think that Vegas is going to be riding the, the starting five deep into most yes. games. Um, but... Honestly, right now they're getting ahead by so far early enough that the starters aren't playing, you know, a, a lot of the last fourth quarter minutes aren't being played by starters. They're not having close games where they're having to put as much mileage on, uh, and they're young. And so I think that plays into a, uh, so if you were to have a super shallow bench or, uh, an inexperienced, you know, low, lower talent type bench, which is what a lot of people are saying about Las Vegas, then this is the type of team to do it where you've got young starters. You've got, um, you know, players that historically aren't injured. And, you know, I think that this is kind of, and, and you're beating teams yeah. by a lot. Well, they're, yeah, there's, their starting five has a physical advantage against basically any team they play, except perhaps Chicago. Um, but then you look at the bench and they're, they're playing Plaisance and Stokes quite a bit. Um, yep. and then it, that's it. They're, they're running a seven woman rotation. I mean, Sid Colson right. 
they're not playing a lot. Kirsten Bell's kind of just buried on that team right now. I think maybe she's part of their plans for the future because they did trade up for the pick yeah. where they got her. But it's a, it's a seven. I mean, they're one injury away from going into every game. Like, like we're going to need to get like 15 minutes from Sid Colson or Kirsten Bell or someone that hasn't played all year. So we don't, we don't base decisions or predictions off of injuries here, right? Unless there's like a really significant history of them. So there's no reason to believe that Vegas is going to be anything but great all year. Um, but I hope they do continue to have success like in the first three quarters so that they can maybe get some rest in. Otherwise, they are going to be gassed come playoff time. Absolutely. Um, let's pop down to, uh, I guess, our, our third slash fourth place team, the Atlanta Dream. Yes. They currently have a first-year head coach in Tanisha Wright. And Coach Wright honestly came into a situation that I don't know how many people would be stoked to be hired for that situation, considering all of the on-court and off-court um, things that were happening in the locker room, um, things that were happening. Yeah, just overall, there has been so much non-basketball activity with the Atlanta Dream for positive as we as we've seen in 2020 and negative as well as we saw last season that this is a tough this is a tough spot not only that they also had a really hard time signing people in free agency um you know you're looking at a squad that a lot of people were kind of counting out and saying oh, like they're not they're not going I, anywhere i was on record as saying they were the team i was least excited for coming into the year just i i had no beat on them (laughs) at all i don't think that that's a a problem i think that everybody felt that way i'll tell you one thing i didn't see coming um for this his this league has a long history of the number one overall pick coming in and being like i am the the foundation of this franchise i'm gonna play for 20 years i'm gonna be in the hall of fame and we didn't like we didn't think ryan howard was going to be a bust but I no, thought she was going to be in solid category, right? Like, yeah. like I, I mean, she's on that trajectory. She's averaging 17 points a game. She went and got 22 tonight. Um, they beat Minnesota by eight. She's, I mean, she is not afraid or intimidated by anybody. And that's, you can't, that's a skill that you don't know really somebody has until they're, you know, toe to toe against professional basketball players who've been in the league for a long time. Minnesota, I know they're having a terrible year, but they're not I mean, you see Sylvia Fowles in the paint, you know who she is. And she exactly. twice about anything you're gonna do anywhere near her. And she just oh my gosh, she's just everything you want her to be. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna conflate her yet with like the Asia Wilsons and the Candace Parkers of the league because it's just so early. But if I was a dream fan, I would be pumped at the future for the team. After, after suffering through last season and having no idea if there is even a future, um, no idea who's going to own the team or who's going to coach the team or who's going to GM the team or who's going to starve for the team. Now suddenly some things fall into place. Um, yes. because winning, winning fixes a lot of those problems and Ryan Howard's a winner. Um, I, I, think, I have more to say about this team, but I want to get your take. I think the more impressive part of this is like Tip Hayes. Tip Hayes was kind of the, you know, I, I think the saving grace on this 
on this squad and, you know, seeing, uh, seeing Hayes return and, and play a part of this season was going to be kind of like, well, at least they've got, you know, at least they've got tip, at least they've got, you know, tip Hayes out there being able to put something together. She hasn't played yet. You know, she's been hurt. She's been out of the season and we're still seeing this team that is, you know, they're six and three compared to last season. What was their record last season? I can't remember what they finished the record, uh, what they finished the season last year. They, they went eight and 24. They're only two wins away from tying what they got all of last season. Like that's, that's insane to me. Um, the thing that I got to give a shout out to coach Wright, uh, for is if you look at what opponents were scoring last season against the Atlanta Dream in 2021, opponents were averaging 84.3 points per game against Atlanta. Um, uh, shooting, shooting 45% from the field. Now you come into this season, they are only giving up 74 points per game to opponents. And those opponents are shooting just shy of 38%, 37.9% from the field. The reason they hired Coach Wright, uh, you know, um, well, among the reasons why they hired Coach Wright was she's a defensive, uh, she's a defensive mind. Um, that's what she was hired to when she got hired to Las Vegas in May of 2020. She got hired as the defensive special, as the defensive specialist. And basically the Aces became pretty quickly one of the best defensive teams in the league. And so when she got hired to the Atlanta Dream, obviously that was an area that Atlanta really struggled with. And if you watch them this season, it's night and day what they're doing on the defensive end of things. You know, if you can have your opponents average 10 points per game less and eight, uh, seven or eight percent lower field goal percentage, that's going to swing a lot of games in your favor. And that's exactly what coach Wright's doing with this Atlanta dream squad. So I'm, I'm stoked. And I don't think that she is getting the attention that she deserves. I think that frankly, what, what coach Wright's doing in Atlanta is every bit as impressive as what we're seeing with, uh, coach Becky Hammond. And that may be a hot take for some people to hear, but to take Atlanta and what they were projected at and see them at, you know, tied for third right now in the league without your quote unquote, you know, star player, man, you got to give it up for coach, Wright. Um, you know, not taking anything away from, from what Becky's doing. Obviously we just, you know, gushed about her, but dude, coach, Wright, Absolutely crushing yeah. it this season. No, I, I don't think we have a negative thing to say about coach Hammond, but if you're going to walk into one of those two locker rooms at the beginning of the season and, and say, and, and you got to choose which one, like if, if you were going to get paid a million dollars at the end of the year, if you had a successful year, you'd choose the aces 10 times out of 10. Cause you'd be like, yeah, well, they, they might not even need me. You know, <laughs> yeah, you might, yeah, you might go in and not need to coach a whole lot and they'd still win half their games, you know? Yeah. I, I enjoy Howard uh, being a great number one overall pick and coach Wright having like what it takes in order to like manage that well. And I, I, I want to give a shout out to Erica Wheeler as well, though. I, I looked at her per 36 stats. She's not having like a standout year necessarily, but that was their one pickup in the off season. And she is having a good year there. She's yeah, leading the team. Been super solid. First time in her career that uh, she's had a positive plus minus. Wow. She's, Actually, she's been in the I didn't league know that. since she was 24. She's 31 now. This is her first time uh, 
averaging a, in, in fact, she's, she's plus three. So she's not like, well, she was on Indiana for but several, that's the, several that's of those seasons. So is she played <laughs> that's hard to, for most of her career. So, you know, I have been pretty pleased with Erica Wheeler. She is on my fantasy team. So, (laughs) which I am currently, I got to give a shout out to Jason. He is absolutely throttling me this week. I'm three and oh, uh, in our fantasy league and Jason and I are going head to head this week. He's up by 80 points after two days. Yeah, it is, your team it is, is not good. My team is not really. <laughs> my team's not overly good. Well, no, my team's good. I've actually I've got multiple injuries. The reason I'm three and zero is because I also drafted Brittany Griner, and the spirit of Brittany Griner uh, has allowed me to play. That's fair. Um, has allowed you me to play like the schedule that. that has that has made me three and zero, even though I'm like seventh. Out of ten in points scored, so it's the, it's the Brittany Griner effect. All right, all right. let's move. Let's, let's move on to, to real basketball and talk about teams that are doing almost as badly as I am. Let's um, let's let's go to the other end of the spectrum here. Let's talk Phoenix and let's talk New York. Like, can we start with Phoenix? We got to talk Vanessa Nygaard. We touched on this just a, a little bit ago. I understand everything that's going down with Phoenix. Um, obviously, Brittany Griner. However. Even missing that, looking at what Phoenix added in the offseason and looking at, you know, they brought in players like Tina Charles and Diamond to Shields and like they add and people were saying they were by far the favorite and it wasn't even close that they, you know, after going to the finals, coming back and adding these types of players, it was like, who's going to touch these you know who's going to touch the mercury, and I understand the Griner situation Everybody. is Everybody's is a lot. Touch the mercury. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> I understand the Griner situation aside. Yeah, this has not been a this, good season for on a for six Phoenix. Game a six game losing skid that includes mm. losses at home against the Wings, um, at LA, and at the Dream. Mm. And it's it's looking pretty. I mean, they got crushed by the Dream. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they didn't even show up to that game. And then in the finals rematch against the Sky, they lost by three. Um, Tarazi got tossed. It was not great. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. Couple I, a couple I, of I losses want, against the Aces. You're, you're yeah. usually Mr. Mercury here. I know Steve was also high on him last year. He called that one. Um, and yeah. I, I always want to remember that to give him credit for that one because he got uh, <laughs> he got crap for it on the Twitch stream. But um, you're you're our Mercury guy. Are is this team just like last year's Chicago? Like, are they just going to find themselves and be fine, or is this a sign of more concerning? Matters? I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. Um, I, I don't know. There's something off with the Mercury. And I mean, that's, that sounds like a dumb statement. Obviously there's something off with the Mercury and I don't mean just on the, on the scoreboard. I'm talking just personnel wise. It feels like effort is down. It feels like attitude is down. It feels like there's like clashing personalities. Uh, you know, we've seen everything from DT getting tossed to, you know, sky digging DT getting into on the bench. Uh, we've seen, you know, scuffles out on the court between Phoenix players and other players. There just seems in, in the past that would happen, but it would happen in like a positive way. It happened in like a, a competitive way. This seems more out of frustration. Does that make sense? 
as I, as I watch as I watch Phoenix games, I feel like there's more frustration than there is com- competition. I I don't want don't misunderstand this to mean that they're like sore losers or anything. No, like no, that. no, no. It, it not looks like all. a team not used to losing is what it looks like. And absolutely, I, I, you know, Tarazi is one of the most mentally tough, physically tough basketball players on the planet, but she's not used to losing. And this no. team is two and seven. They were in the finals last year. You know, you came in yeah. the year with quotes from the team saying like, that's still on our minds. We want to get back there. We have unfinished business. And right now they're looking like they're not even going to be in the hunt. Yeah. They look like they might be missing the playoffs at their current trajectory. Like I, it's not good. Yeah. I would like to believe that Tarazi will through sheer force of will get them there and that they will be a tough out as always. But I mean, they, they showed up for the sky game and they, they came back in the second half and actually took the lead. And then the sky are just a really good team and they ended up winning. Um, this guy did. So I think when they want to, they can lock in, but, and, and this is where I do put a lot of this on, on coach Nygaard's plate. It's hard when you're in the middle of a losing streak and Griner in that whole story is unfolding every day. It's hard to cultivate that culture of like, we need you to want to play hard because yes. like that, the dream and all credit to the dream, not taking anything away from the dream. They smashed Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, oh um, yeah, it it was not even a game. I mean, by the end of the first quarter, it was a ten point game, and it just got worse from there. I mean, they just didn't even show up. So, which if, if you, you took like if, that, you, <laughs> if you if you considered talent, that matchup three months ago, you would have laughed, right? No, that that was kind of the game. Like they were already losing some games before that, but they lost like two against Vegas, and I was like, well, you know, they're yeah, yeah everybody's losing to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were down by thirty. Um. To, to the Atlanta dream and, and like letting the, this young dream team that hadn't like, they've only played seven or eight games together. And this Phoenix group for the most part has played like five years plus together. And the dream were just waltzing all over. It was ugly. So that game really stands out in my mind as like kind of defining their season right now. And they, they're going to need a really serious turnaround in order to redefine it. Um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, 10 games in is where we start kind of making opinions that, will last for these teams. Yeah. Like that's you, when you got, you're, you're pretty you got, solidified <laughs> in. Yeah. Yeah. You got two games to, to get, uh, you know, a couple wins in the win column or suddenly you're going to be so behind that playoff contention is, is going to start that, that race is going to be tough this year. Right. Like, yeah. If you look at the standings, like it, it, it maybe it's too early to, to standings watch, but you've got so many teams bundled up in that five and three area. And then there's a little bit of a drop off right at the eight, nine spot. Um, if, if you lose a couple more, you're not going to catch the sparks, the wings, uh, the dream of teams that you thought you were going to be able to beat at the beginning of the season. That's true. Let's talk New York to finish off our, uh, oh, run through. And obviously, you know, the situation in Indiana, like we're, we're talking just strictly coaches, Start to finish this their first season. Um, let's talk oh, about shout Sandy out to Coach Knox. Yes, getting the, his first W. That was big. Yeah, I love. I cool. love what we're seeing there. Let's talk New York and um, man, what's going on with New York? How much of this well. is what they've been missing? Uh, how much of this is you know we're missing? Uh, 
players, you know, we're missing DD Richards, we're missing, um, Ben Nigel Laney. Like how much is that? And how much is man, for some reason, they just can't seem to get anything to stick. <laughs> I don't know. Let me, they, they kind of have, because of the win tonight against the fever, they snapped a seven game losing streak to move to two and seven. So like a little bit of a different attitude compared to the Phoenix discussion we just had, but only just right. Um, and they did have to claw back into that game against the fever and ended up winning it. Um, here's the thing is bet Nigel Laney an MVP type player because if she is, and then you remove her from this team, it makes sense that their record is terrible. If she's an Elena Deladon and you take, you know, look at the last two years of Washington Mystics teams, right? And now look at what right. they're doing this year now that she's back in like half capacity. Like she's sitting some games, she's playing others. But like a player of that caliber can make a huge difference. Sabrina's having a good year. She can't do it all on her own. Uh, I think she's had, they've been in a lot of close games where she's had some fun clutch moments and plays. But um, I think it really comes down to what you think of Laney because if you think Laney is good, Verging on great, but not all WNBA first team. Then even with Laney, I think this team would be having problems. Mm. That's that's the issue. But that's for you to decide. I I think there are people out there that would say that Nigel Laney is, is think, an MVP type player. I have a hard time. I don't know. I have a hard time with with uh, trying to determine that right now because I do think that she's a a, a top tier, you know, close to a top tier player. Um, she was the leading she, scorer last year. If nothing yeah, else, you're taking yeah, 20 points exactly. a game off the board. Exactly. That being said, most of these games are not even close. Look at these seven games that they lost in a row. They lost by 33, uh, then 6, then 10, then 27, then 6 again, then 8, then 31. Like that's, they're not even in most of these games. Most of these losses, they are, the game's over by halftime. That's concerning. That's where I think, yeah, Ben Nigelani, yeah, DD Richards, yeah, like, sure, AD, you know, coming back. But, like, how are you, how are you dropping, like, that many points? You know, how are you losing by that? Many and not even, not even being competitive. You know, you're handing, you're handing Minnesota their like single victories of the season. You're handing <laughs> Indiana victories. Like that's who you're losing to. Yeah. Granted, you went through and you lost to Seattle. You've lost to Chicago. They have yet to even play Washington. They've yet to even play Las Vegas. So they haven't even played like the top tier teams. And yet they're still just, just snagging L's. And so yeah. I hope when we see, you know, obviously AD is on a, on a trajectory coming back, you know, trying to get back into, to game shape. I understand that. I understand wanting to be patient there. Um, obviously injuries are, are, you know, one thing, but outside of injuries, you still got UNESCO. You've got Howard. You've Rebecca got Allen's playing good basketball. Allen's playing. Tonight. Playing really solid. You got Whitcomb off the bench. You got last year's rookie of the year and Onyewede. Like Dangerfield, they signed for you know this has played four games for him now. Like 
They've got some tools. Steph Dolson's on the team has started all nine of these games. Like, like these aren't, it's not scrubs. This isn't to like, to be fair, this record is what we thought Atlanta was going to be. And Atlanta's doing immensely better with what on paper seems a much worse roster. I don't understand why New York is playing so poorly. I just don't get it. I do want to give a shout out to Shu. Han Shu out there playing has played six games now and is up to ten and a half points per game. Really, really solid development that we're seeing. But dude, I just I don't know. I have no idea what to make of this New York Liberty team. Even missing some of these players, they should not be losing as many and by as much as they have been. Yeah. Um, I, I have a couple thoughts on New York. Uh, Give them to me. Liberty fans aren't going to like them. Let's hear it. The the first is uh, if you're thinking that we're being a little harsh because they did just win tonight. I want you to keep in mind that the fever last night played a tough scrappy game against a good Washington mystics team and then traveled to the Liberty to play the second night of back to back. And a lot of the reason that I think they lost tonight is they scored eight points in the fourth quarter because they completely ran out of gas. Yeah, I was going to say, by the third quarter, they were looking good. I think, yeah, it was that they, fourth quarter. They, they just didn't have New it. New York 33-17 to 17 right before halftime. And then fourth quarter, none of the shots were falling. And some of that could just be Dead legs. I, I think their legs were just gone. Yep. They, they played back to back nights in two really close games and they missed that. And we're making that excuse. We're making that excuse for Indiana. That's the problem, Logan. Well, and it was we're making close. that excuse for a team like Indiana. And it was still close. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, and again, I don't want to take the win away from them. I think it's good that they got back in the win column, especially in light. They of, needed it. Like they, they just, you know, before the game learned that bit. I'm sure the team knew, but they announced that Nigelani would be out for eight weeks with the, the knee injury. So. Right. That's that's why I'm not giving them uh, as much credit for the win as maybe you think I should be. Um, here's the other thing. The pillars of that team are supposed to be, I think, Ben Nigelani, who's out, Sabrina, who's been playing well, and Natasha Howard. I hesitate being extra harsh against like individual players um, mm-hmm. because A, because Twitch and Twitter sometimes get mad at me, and B, because I think a lot of things... Can cannot be seen in the box score, but I am going to go to the per per thirty six ten games and nine games into the year for Natasha Howard, who is averaging mm. more turnovers than she has in her career, more fouls than she has since very early in her career. She's down five points a game uh, compared to last year, and basically every other stat is not great. She's not shooting particularly well. She's not hitting free throws particularly well. Um, plus minus isn't particularly good. Her offensive rebounding is a career worst. Her defensive rebounding is about average. Um, mm. Her total rebounding because of the offensive rebounds advantage also. Career. So this is a defense. This is a defensive so player of the year that we're talking about. Right? right. So, so because I like Natasha Howard, I liked her in Seattle and I thought that was a great pickup for the New York Liberty. I, I was excited that with uh, under Walt Hopkins before Brandella got there, they had this, Really young team that won like one game. And then last season, they won like eight games. And we were all like, hey, they've got that core locked up for like four years. 
And every other team in the league is either undergoing a new generation like this year or they will be next year, right? Like, yeah, we thought New York was be, the up and coming. Yeah, especially if they go out and they get Bree Stewart or, you know, some of those rumors end up being true. They could end up having a core that's like can play two ways on the court that's together and more cohesive than any team in the league by 2023. Like, I was super pumped for them. And, and, then, and, that, and that core could have been together for four years. Yeah. And then Coach Brondello comes in, and I think that's great. Coach Brondello knows how to coach bigs. I think Natasha Howard needs to be uh, – on on some nights, I think she needs to be the best player on that team. Yes. Like, you're going to have nights where maybe Sabrina goes nuclear or Nigelani pre-injury. Like, maybe maybe she looks like an MVP. But she's your rim protector, and, and she is a former defensive player of the year. And right now, the Liberty are getting killed on the boards – they're not defending the paint well. And Natasha Howard isn't really making up for it on the offensive end because that's not really her role. So, like, there's there's a lot of blame to go around in New York. And I feel bad for singling that out. But if you're rolling the dice on, like, hey, this, this is who our team is, and one of your big three is injured, and the other one isn't playing up to her career averages, it's going to be what we're getting now. Like they're gonna win six games all year and just kind of be a, a punching bag for the teams that need to rack up wins and make the playoffs. Nah, I feel it, dude. Logan, any last thoughts on any of these first year head coaches before we start to wrap this thing up? Um, definitely. Uh, a lot of times when you're a first year head coach, you step into an unenviable position. <laughs> um, most of the time, teams like the Aces don't have spots that. Clear up. But as we've seen, um, I mean, you step into the dream position compared to the Phoenix position, they're going opposite directions. Yep. Um, so sometimes it's the coach. <laughs> I mean, coaching matters a lot in this league. Um, and I, I am really excited for the teams that are doing really well. Um, Atlanta has completely flipped my, my perception of who they are as a team and the culture that they have there in just 10 games. Um, I think Becky Hammond has a great shot of winning a WNBA championship in her first year as a head coach and maybe turning some heads in the NBA and other leagues. I don't know if that's still on the horizon for her. I don't know if that's even what she wants, Um, but it could certainly help that. And I think everyone would celebrate seeing that if like the Spurs came calling one day, which is kind of the rumor for a long time. So um, that's kind of it for, in terms of coaching, we're going to have to do a whole rookie download some other time because I think that's the other major story (laughs) of the year, but agreed. We're already, we're already, uh, we're, we're low. My mug is low in this episode. <laughs> no problem. Quick shout out uh, or quick update, I guess I could say, for the Commissioner's Cup. We are right at about halfway for most of these teams. Some of these teams only have three games left in Commissioner Cup standings. Some of these teams have as many as seven. But on average, we are right at about the halfway point for the Commissioner's Cup games that have been played thus far. Um, and right now, Obviously, in the Western Conference, this is a Las Vegas Aces story. No surprises there. The next closest team, uh, Las Vegas is 5-0 and with a point differential of 75 points. Dallas <laughs> is in second place. They're at 2-1. and They are plus 24. Um, but the LA Sparks are in third. They are 3-3 three and three and minus 25 in the point differential. So it's looking like it's Las Vegas' opportunity to lose here. Um, it, it, if you were 
putting up bets, Las Vegas would be the heavy, heavy favorite to represent the Western Conference heading into the Commissioner's Cup uh, at the halfway point for qualifying here. Now, the East Eastern Conference is a little bit of a different story. This is kind of a top tier. There's a top three and a bottom three here. Um, your top three teams in the Eastern Conference are the Chicago Sky that are sitting at 3-0 and with a 47-point differential. Connecticut Sun that are three and one with a plus thirty seven, and the Washington Mystics that are sitting at four and two with a plus thirty four. All three of those teams easily could be in the running. Um, these other three teams not looking so hot: Atlanta, New York, and Indiana, each with just one win apiece in Commissioner's Cup games. Um, so Chicago, Connecticut, Washington are going to be pretty well vying pretty hard here over the next few weeks to see who's going to go up with. You have to, at this point, assume it's going to be Las Vegas um, representing in the Commissioner's Cup. We're excited about this. Loved the Commissioner's Cup last year. It's one of the most incredible trophies. Plus, we always love to see players getting paid. Yeah. So, go get your money. Go make your... Go, go make... Uh, you know, make your money, get everything uh, that you can out of this, players. Um, but that's a quick rundown of the Commissioner's Cup standings. Logan, anything else that you want to touch on before we go ahead and wrap up? Uh, this is going to be a great week for WNBA action. We didn't do a lot of previewing of future games today, but we are going to be doing it on Twitter. We're going to have the playback watch parties going on. And obviously, we'll have more episodes coming out shortly. So we will be with you for all your WNBA needs. Um, I'm super psyched for what we're seeing in the in the league this year, we've got a lot of new and I was worried this was going to be a year where we had a lot of repeats of last year as teams kind of tried to win before their championship window slammed shut. Instead, we've got teams like Atlanta and Washington and Indiana. I know Indiana's not win loss columns, but like, like teams that are doing exciting things mm-hmm. and with new players and I like, and new coaches, this whole episode is new coaches on the sideline, new players on the court. Teams playing their rookies, getting some reps in. Like, this is going to be such a strong, <laughs> I, I don't want to just say rookie class, but like generation of players because Sue Bird's going to retire. Dana Tarazi will presumably retire at some point in her life. Um, the old guard is eventually going to turn over, and this rookie class and the 2023 and the 2024, like, if you're paying attention to college ball right now, I mean, that's your foundation for the league for the next 15 years. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm super pumped for that. Um, we haven't, we don't really do NCAA coverage during the WNBA season, but I do keep tabs on it. And I felt like we did a lot of off season stuff with college ball last year. That was really fun. So if you're new to the show, um, do stay with us through like year round. Cause we'll be covering stuff like that as well. Absolutely. Logan, thanks for hopping on with me. Make sure that uh, as a listener, if you are uh, following us, if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, if you want to drop a quick five-star review, that would help not only our show, but WNBA, uh, the WNBA in general to get more eyes and ears on the pro, uh, on the program, um, on this league. So if you want to hit us up with a quick five-star review, any of those that are written reviews, we will read those out loud here on the show. So it's a quick, easy way for us to give you a for sure shout out on the show. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Make sure you're following us there as we will be tweeting out links and tweeting out uh, announcements as far as when we're going to be doing those watch parties on playback. Trust us, it's the single most important like 
most, well, not most important, most enjoyable element of watching the WNBA. It's fa- absolutely fantastic. If, if you've ever wanted to watch a game with your buddies in your living room, but without having to deal with your buddies in your living room, this is it. <laughs> this is the way to do that. If like, you want to watch a game with us without having to like actually like, be around us in person, you don't have to like cater or like clean up yeah. after. Bring your you own snacks. To, like, it's bring your own snacks. Yeah, you can yeah. wear pajamas. It's cool. That's, We're that's down. actually a requirement. I'm gonna. Be yeah, pajamas. we we should say pajama party. We're throwing pajama oh, parties yes. watching WNBA. <laughs> Such a good idea. So make sure you're hitting that up. You can follow us on Twitch. Shouts to everybody who's been here watching uh, along as we go through uh, here on our Twitch stream. You can always hit us up with a subscription. If you have an Amazon Prime membership, you can subscribe for absolutely free. That kicks a few bucks our way every month. It may not seem like a lot, but trust us, it really does help and benefit um, the coverage that we're able to pr- to give for the WNBA um, hit up our website. Our website is an absolute blast. And if you've been watching on Twitch, you see us, uh, you see a bunch of the merch that we've been enjoying throughout tonight's stream. So hit that up. The merch is such good quality and the prices are really solid. So, uh, hit that up. Make sure you check it out the blog. We've got our weekly power rankings up. Uh, our composite power rankings as a show, as well as our whoopee power rankings, our WNBA Nation power index, our W power index that, uh, the algorithm that we use for, uh, uh predicting, uh, wins and, uh, scores and whatnot. So those power rankings, as well as our host composite power rankings, power rankings go up every single week. Go check those out. See where your team sits according to, uh, whoopee and according to us hosts. But, That's all we've got for you tonight. Thank you for listening. For WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.